I feel with this whole project, it's like, we deal with something great, and then we get a basket full of shit. I mean, isn't that wrestling history? Kind of. And it, it, that's, how, that's how much of a grasp this great sport of ours has on us, right? That we're willing right. to put up with so much shit. So much shit. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying any of the people we're going to talk about tonight are literal shit. Mm. You think one of them is literal shit? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. Like shit sculpted into a human? I mean, I don't hate one of them as much as you do, so I guess you'll have to tell me. Ooh, we'll have to figure out when, which one that is. But I'm also kind of uh, looking forward to seeing if we get like a, a uh, like a golem situation. Right. Like an animated shit golem. Now entering the Royal Rumble. Nasty boy, Jerry Sags. So this is the first guy in 1992 uh, who comes in that has zero chance of winning, right? Yeah, because he comes in at... Four. Yeah. So, yes, he's the first one. <laughs> sure. But, I mean, the rest of the field is, like, a, a pretty competent, incredible field, right? Yeah, I think so. Yes. I mean, there's some guy – like, a guy like Virgil is probably not winning. Right. But I wouldn't say he has zero chance. I mean, like, you could probably squint and say, like, I don't know, maybe the nasty – like, they were just tag team champions, like – they're still kind of being pushed at this point. They were in the main event or close to the main event of Survivor Series. I don't know. Like, I, I don't – look, it's not going to happen, but neither was fucking Virgil. So, yes, like, I don't think it's any dramatically worse than that. But I think it's at least a few percent. Like, like if Virgil well, how about has, Skinner? How about that filthy pig Skinner? I think Skinner has more of a chance than Sags. Think so? Like, yeah, well, look, I, we're not talking about big chances. Like, if Skinner has – Point five of percent chance. Right. Z- Sags. Nikolai Volkov is that higher than Sags? No, no. Okay, but I mean, <laughs> it's Nikolai Volkov in nineteen ninety two, and we have we have gone over that time and time again. How about Repo Man? I think he has a better chance than Sags. Mm. All right, so you think you think Sags and, and Nikolai, and that's it. At least everyone else above them at least has a, a shot. I feel like Nikolai still has a better shot than Sags. Mustafa? Yeah. Then Sags, like, because these are singles wrestlers yeah. that might have a chance. Jerry Sags. Is he the me, only tag guy in this match? Yeah, I think so. Right, because they load up the tag matches on the undercard. Yeah. Yeah, and it might be the only, thing. I, well, I mean, yeah, because Money Inc.'s not a thing yet, so. No. Haku is not teaming with anybody. Neither's Barbarian, I guess, for that matter, for once. 
Ah, well, no, we can. He doesn't like anybody but Baron. We've been through this. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, there's no other tag guys that I can see anyway. Hmm. I mean, the yeah. war. No, the warlord's not even a tag guy anymore. No. Isn't it? We- is it weird to you that the first two years the Nasty Boys are in the Rumble, both of them aren't in it together? Yeah, I always thought that stood out. It was like the Nobs year and the Sags year. I no. guess, I mean, the Nobs one was weirder. I think they just needed one guy, and they were like, fuck it. I, I think this one, Nobs was hurt. Because it's like, Nikolai, like, is he a sub for him or something? Or what? Isn't it's, he subbing for Janetti? Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's Janetti. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I, I feel like Nobs is hurt. But then who would have subbed in for him? Well, it wasn't a sub. Like, I think he was hurt enough, like, he was never in it, maybe. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I don't know. You can't put the Mountie here instead of Sax. <laughs> like, no, you can't double dip. The only <laughs> Piper. <laughs> oh God, he comes in number four. All right, here. Oh, hang on. I found a fun fact. Brian Nobs missed the Royal Rumble after being stabbed. Conspicuous <laughs> by his absence in the '92 Rumble, Brian Nobs and the Nasty Boys. Jerry Sachs took part as the fourth entrant. While said Nobs missed the event after with a separated shoulder. In truth, two weeks before the Rumble, the Nasties and IRS were departing from a house show in Peoria, Illinois, when Nobs and Sags were assaulted by a group of young men who apparently followed them to another car. A 20-year-old male was accused of stabbing Nobs in the chest with a knife. The three men who initiated the attack were charged with aggravated battery and mob action. Filling in for Nobs in the Rumble match was... Haku, who had appeared oh, regularly since the summer of 91. Wow. So... Who are these idiots that are going after the nasty boys at a bar? Right. And, well, maybe they saw RS and we're like, fuck it. We can take them. I've had it with this. Thing. I paid too many taxes. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. It's a, it's, I feel like this is the Syracuse you never hear about. Well, yeah. But, but then it's funny. Then again, like, I mean, like, I could see a bunch of Marines, like, Shawn Michaels hitting on their girlfriend and, right, like, right. all right, beat the shit out of this guy, right? But, like, yeah. the nasty boys probably looked quite imposing during this period. It had to be, like, guys, like, cranked up on something that saw, like, a money grab, you know? And they stabbed him. Mm-hmm. In the I chest. Guess. And it broke his ribs with the knife. Uh, it says in his chest, so probably not. Oh, well, were you saying something about broken ribs? No, I said he was stabbed. Oh. They said he had a separated shoulder. That was the kayfabe explanation. Oh, I see. But Haku if... stepping in. Well, that's nice of them to... <laughs> what an upgrade. Yeah, yeah, we wouldn't have gotten the Haku doesn't like Flair. <laughs> it's funny because the other substitution is is such a downgrade. Right, massive downgrade. Coming off like the hottest angle of his life, we get smiling Nikolai Volkov. I mean, we could have had Nobs doesn't like Flair. Yes, <laughs> would have been the same. Well, that, they would have been in the ring almost together then. Yes. Oh, well, I mean, who knows? It, this is two weeks before, so I don't know how much the structure was nailed down yet by that point. But That's true. I mean, this I, is the Patterson era where it's pretty well booked, so maybe. Right. I don't know how far out they had, like, this mapped. They probably have, like, the nuts and bolts. Not more than right. that. Right. I can't imagine him as a singles champion of anything, Jerry Sags. I mean, Nobs ends up being a pretty decent hardcore champion in WCW later on as a solo. Do you see them as being different, or? I feel like Nobs is the better part of the team. Yeah. Is that, is that wrong? I, I thought Sags is the better worker. Maybe the better worker, yeah, but the more personality. The one yeah, yeah, I would say Nobs is the one that, yes, is going to stand out a bit more. 
Because when he runs out here, he does, Sags does get a decent amount of booze, but I wonder if the people are actually quite disappointed by his presence. Right. Um, and I don't think so. I think there's so many, it's like he's coming out at 30. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many heavy hitters to come, um, and big names. Like, of course you can have a couple early schlubs in here. It's the Rumble. Yeah. It's a kind of a shame that, like, like, how would, I mean, he, I guess he'd be intercontinental, but like, it's too bad they like didn't have Bret Hart for this one. Right. As much as I dog Bret Hart on this show. So, I mean, he gets a little heat, I guess. He goes right at the bulldog with a wild flurry. All versus... Bobby says is a 300 pound guy. <laughs> That's all he is. If that. Yeah. I mean, uh, more than that. He works with Flair. They get some shots in. Bulldog comes back and drop kicks him out, which is, he takes a decent bump out. Uh, yeah. Quick night. Just nothing doing for Sags. Just, he... just like a breather for Flair so Bulldog can hit a big move. <laughs> is he the only guy who comes into this ring and doesn't turn on Ric Flair? Uh, yeah, he just doesn't get the chance. So <laughs> You think if he, if he was in there longer, he would have attacked him? Oh, definitely, yes. Yeah. I, I, you know, I gotta give Sag some credit for the, um, the departure too, because he gets tossed and like, actually does a really good job of hanging on. Yeah, yeah. He like, does. you know, he does the feet dangling, gets up and then goes, that's nasty, baby, <laughs> before getting drop kicked out. I gave him a one for presentation. I, I mean, whatever. It's, I know Bobby just says that, but it's still like, he had just come off the tag title run. Crowd gives him a little bump in the heat. Like, you know, whatever. I give him a zero because there's no hope in hell of him winning this. Mm. Um, I, I, I did give him a one for creativity for the finish. Yeah, I went the zero there. So we'll just pretend those balance out good enough. They kind of do. They end up doing because we both gave mm-hmm. zero for effectiveness. Yeah, I mean, no effectiveness. No, it was just, you know, there and that was it. He was uh, beaten by his own hubris, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that gives Jerry Sags, uh, for those of you just joining us, we didn't even go over the categories, but we go over the categories in terms of presentation, creativity, work rate, and um, effectiveness. And we each give a score out of 10, which gives us a total score out of 60. So that gives Sags a big two. A big two. I'm guessing he's going to be tied with a lot of guys. Yeah. Is he better than Herc 92? Uh, No. Honky ninety. Well, is he more memorable than Hercules in nineteen in this Rumble? I don't know. I always remember Herc being in a boss banner in that big middle spot. I don't know if he does anything. I just remember being in there. He does throw out Barbarian, which he does those two years in a row. Yeah, that's right. We like that. Yeah, I, I like. I I think he's better. Honky ninety. Um, probably not. Okay. Probably not as good as that. Right. I think Hockey 90 might be higher. Do you know Bravo 91? I mean, yeah, probably. They're almost the same, right? They're both kind of – I guess Dino's in there a little bit more. He's number two. And he does have the Valentine thing, which is kind of a feud. Yeah. Gennetti 96. I mean, he does have the Sean thing. Coco 89. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Does Coco do anything? anything? He gets beat up by Hulk Hogan. Let's put him ahead of Coco. Yeah, I think that's fine. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's funny. Like, I, I really remember that elimination fondly. I don't really remember much of what Coco does there. Yeah, I was so trying to come up with anything. 
Yeah, he just kind of flapped his arms around and, you know, you know what he does. Uh, that lands Marty, uh, Jerry Sags as the 177th greatest Royal Rumble appearance of all time. But we're not done with Mr. Sags. And I'll be honest, when I saw this next time in ring, mm. I got very upset that I had to watch this. 1993 enters at number 20. Late entry flies out. It's a pretty thinned out ring. This is, you know, kind of in the, uh, area right after the Gonzalez Undertaker stuff. So the ring is, is pretty empty and it's starting to refill. It actually gets a pretty good pop. We talked about this with knobs a bit where, you know, they're early in the process of being faces. So they're still pretty over. And at this point, still looking to probably be like the mania tag title contenders against Money Inc. given they're the top feud right now. Yeah, I do think it's cool that you actually get both nasties and both Money Inc. in the match. Right. So they're able to further that. Not only like is, are, are they presented in that way, but you get to see that feud kind of play out in the match as it goes on. Yep. Nobs and DiBiase fight, and then Sags and IRS go at it. Uh, but here. he beats the holy hell out of Damien Demento first for some reason. He does. He comes in, goes right at Demento, unloads, and then him and IRS go at it. Then he, he grabs him on. by the tongue. Yes, but of course, always. Then he goes to Tatanka, he's chopping away, which is a little lazy, but he stays there for a little bit, and then kind of ambles around, goes F-2. Um, he said that when he started beating, because when I was watching it, I'm like, it looked like he said fuck it and started beating on Tatanka. Do you ever watch just, Natural Born Killers? Uh, God, not forever, probably. Oh, Rodney Dangerfield hates Tatanka and Natural Born Killers, and that's what it made me think of. <laughs> Kill him. Kill the Indian. <laughs> he's just so angry. <laughs> The, um, so, uh, Sags goes for a headbutt on Fatu, which of course goes awry. And he has this, like, cool blank face after he gets rattled. He, like, headbutts him and just kind of stares, like, blankly, and then, like, fades back. So I thought that was a cool selling there. Gorilla, though, has the balls to say, with Sags in the ring, that anybody could be a winner here. Well, in 93, I think it's more possible. I think he's got a better shot there. It's more possible. You know? It's, like, better than 92, for sure. Uh, so Sags and Tatanka work together on Fatu. Sags tries to take down Backlund. We get a little tussle. Uh, just kind of working around the ring. He strikes. He grinds. Not a lot of fanfare. No, I mean, he attacks Earthquake from behind. He chokes out Quake with a headlock. And it's around this time that, like, I really started thinking, like, he's fucking killing me. Like, because I find that these entries are the worst entries for this project. Right. Like, I can deal with long entries. I can deal with like nothing entries, but I can't deal with nothing and long. Right. And that's what this is starting to feel like kind of, I would say like about 10 minutes in. Well, yeah. And, and most of 93 is this way, which is the problem. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think as we get deeper to 93, cause we're, we're really just kind of, we're, 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 we're really just jumping into 92 here. Cause we did, we started with flair right, and right. now, you know, we're doing sags where we end up watching a bunch of them in a row, right? But I think with 93, the talking point really is going to end up being, like, it's just a really poorly booked rumble. Right. Because there is good stuff and good performances. It's just... A lot of long stretches of nothing. It's no. like 91 a little bit. It's better than 91, but it's like 91. It's I think just more better, pop moments than 91. I think 91's a better rumble than this one. And 93. 91's just got so much longer dead spots than 93, but 93's got a lot of them too. I think, I think we, I think for our project, 93 is going to be better to watch, but yeah. I think if you're just sitting there watching a Royal Rumble, I think 91's better. Yeah, probably. Because you're not watching it a bunch of times. 
That's it. Cause you know, you got the Martell stuff, you got Hogan, you know, there's, there's stuff going on, right? 93 is like, like, there's a fucking animal that attacks a guy midway through the match. (laughs) It's a good moment. Yeah. So there's a lot of tag feud layers in here too. Like, so Sags goes at Quake. Um, so we've had him go at IRS, at Samu, uh, I'm sorry, at Fatu, at Earthquake. So, it's like all the, it's like a little mini tag scrum going on throughout here, but just not much of anything. Like he just kind of walks to a new guy, fights in the corner, and then leaves. Yeah. And he feels gas. He stands around to Tonka, just taking an offense. Goes up to Earthquake to have a big argument, and the sacks has to shove him, and he fails at that. Yoko comes in, he goes at Yoko, and just catches a punch, and then walks over to Tito and fights with him. It's like a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, he has no idea how leverage works. Like, as the group tries to get Yoko out, he's, like, pushing down as they're all pulling up. And, like, I can't believe that he's in there once everybody else has been in. Right. Like, we hit number 30, and Jerry Sags is still there. Right. Yeah, he's out. That was a common refrain of mine watching 93. (laughs) It's like, oh, my God, like, these guys are all in at, at the end still. Yeah, and it's it's weird because it's the first Rumble where they, the title shot was on the line mm-hmm. of Mania, right? So yep. you think they would, like, I don't know, have a few more stars in there at the end. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, it is an oddly booked Rumble. Like, they wanted to do the Flair Perfect stuff. They wanted to have Flair be early. You had to have Perfect do that, but then you had to have the ring emptied for Taker. So, it's like, you're kind of fucked. So, like, I think Perfect should have just been there through the Taker stuff. Into the end, like it's to me that was the big whiff was not keeping perfect in this rumble longer. Yeah, and even not keeping Undertaker in there longer. That too, like you could do the Gonzalez. It's it's very similar to '89. They just they do the big angle too early. Yeah, it, it, I think '89 is like a decent doppelganger for '93. I think there's a lot um, to it where you could compare and say, oh yeah, like they should have done this big thing at the end, and ends up being kind of a. I mean, Yoko means more as a winner than Stud at least, but. Well, and yeah, but 89 just has hotter stuff. Right. Like, yes. I mean, it's the mega powers, it's demolition, it's Andre killing everything. Like, there's a lot of good in there. Right. I guess more just like the structure of the actual match. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Sh- and and it's, you didn't need to throw him out. I mean, Backlund survives that angle. Right. He's in there the whole time. So why not perfect? Right. Agreed. Or even if you're keeping Undertaker in, just keep him in there. Have Giant Gonzalez come in at the end. Yeah, that's it. Just eliminate him at the end. Just move the angle to the end, just like they should have with the Twin Towers. Yeah, in fact, you I don't know if this is too cheap, but like you could have it come down to Yoko and Undertaker. Uh, I don't think I would have done that. I, I just want to have Taker toward the final end. Not even at the end, but like just closer. So when he's gone, it's like, Yoko, Backlund, Savage, Perfect, Left, or something like that. Yeah, okay. Whatever, you know, like something like that. Yeah, so like he's like Final Five. Right, yeah. So you still got some big dogs, but it's an earned win. Yeah, because if, you're, if, you're, if your Final Five is Undertaker, Backlund, Savage, Yoko, and Perfect, that's great. You get Undertaker out of there to, to make the Final Four. Yep. Okay, all right. So he's chugging along, not doing a ton. Uh, deals with, goes to Yoko as he comes in, gets punched, goes to Tito, like I said, then goes over to Martel. They kind of fade to the background during the Yoko Quake stuff. Uh, he goes right at Owen as Owen comes in. It's just, again, more of the same shit with that. Uh, Sags is part of the gang, like you said, that goes after Yoko. He gets, gets swatted off. 
And by this point, to me, he looked like a guy that was, like, ready to get eliminated. It was, like, yeah. someone ready to die. <laughs> He's like, I'm done. Um, he just kind of grabs Yoko in the corner, like, hoping I think Yoko would throw a bell. Like, that's the feeling I got. Like, just end yeah. my night. Please. And eventually, Owen drop kicks him out to just no reaction. Yeah, and well, it's like, a, it's like a miss, too, so there should be a reaction. He's holding Martel for you, Owen. Right. And then Owen, Martel ducks, Sags flies out, and, yeah, you're right. No reaction. No one cares. And Gorilla goes, Sags is all the, is out all the way. <laughs> Not just half the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think this is the longest match of his career at 21 minutes and 50 seconds? No. Uh, it's got to be that one with friggin' or, uh, Anderson and Roma. That oh, yeah. Brawl, whatever. Isn't that like 30-something? They actually they have a bunch of longer matches in WCW, I think. like Even the street fights are probably longer than this, I would think, right? At least one of them, maybe. Is that Fall Brawl 93? The Fall Brawl's the Anderson one, yeah. I'm going to check the Stampede and Slam Brawl. 23.58, so it's close. <laughs> so, yeah, actually, Spring Stampede is only nine minutes, the one with Cactus. Isn't that the good one? Yeah, that's a good one. Well, they're both good. Slambury's good, too, and that one is only 10 minutes, so. Yeah, yeah that's probably up there. That Those are probably the two. <laughs> yeah, and, and let, let's, let's, let's not forget that in those other matches, he's not he's in the tagging. ring for half yes. the time. <laughs> yeah, this is probably the longest he's ever been in the ring, for sure. Um, I, I thought this was boring. It was, it was long, it accomplished nothing. The IRS stuff was probably the highlight early for them. A lot of meandering, repeating the same stuff. It never felt like a threat. This felt like a body. Uh, I I hated this. I'm gonna I'm gonna just tell you straight up. I'm zeros across the board on his course. I give it two for presentation because he was like the top tag team at this point. They're about to feud with. They're in the middle of the feud with the champions. They're likely going to Mania before they decide on switching with Hogan coming back. So I at least gave him a little bump for being like a top face tag team guy. And I gave him a one for creativity. I did like the feuding with IRS. And just because there's no heat, like I thought the bump to get eliminated was fine. <laughs> I just can't. I can't. You know, it's funny. Like, yes, he's the top face team, but he's the top face team in that, like, 1992, 1993 period. Right. It's like, okay. Like, it's like being the top face team in that four-way at uh, SummerSlam 1996. Yeah, but, like, the face team going into Mania is, like, kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Like, that's different than just, like, a random summer team. And I know it's still even in 96. It's, like, the guns or whatever the fuck. But it's, like, I don't know. Like, the Nazi team were pretty over at this point. They really, I thought they were. The turn went over pretty well on Jimmy, and I think, like, there was, I, th- I think the plan was probably to put the tag titles on them at some point. And then they said no. Well, and then the Steiners are there, Mega Maniacs are there, so maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, as soon as the Steiners get in here, fuck, why can't they be in this match? Right. They can double dip. All right, uh, that gives them a total score of three. Uh, all right, is he better... Then Luke from 1989. No. Coco Beware, 1990. No. Warlord, 89. No. No, it's a two-second one. Shawn Michaels, 1990. No. Crush, 1991. All right, here we are. Mm. It's similar. It's I think Crush at least had where... He- he goes up top and Hogan dumps him. It's a cool elimination. Yeah. It's also like three minutes longer. So yeah. Okay. And then Greg Valentine, 1994. Uh, I put him at the bottom. Okay. I'm, I'm definitely on board with that. Oof. That's uh 
not a great uh, showing for Mr. Sags tonight. Yeah, no, it's a spicy meatball for him. (laughs) Is this a better showing than in that bar where a knobs got stabbed? Uh, Well, he didn't get stabbed, so I'd say no. Yeah, I guess. So that lands Jerry Sags 1993 as the 173rd greatest Royal Rumble appearance of all time. <clears throat> God. So, yeah, I mean, look, like quick, quick stats on Sags, two Royal Rumbles, uh, zero eliminations in any Royal Rumble uh, in there for an average of 11 minutes at a time and a total time of 22 minutes and 56 seconds. Garbage. And because he only has two rumbles, he doesn't qualify to be in our – we've been tracking the greatest performers, and we decided we need three, correct? Correct. Exactly. Hey, listen, what's going on on uh, ECW three-way dance? Uh, so there's a lot of cool stuff going on over there. We're in the middle of 96, myself, D'Amato, Jennifer Smith, and having a good time. We're going to be heading into July. we got a, a big show coming up. Uh, we just talked about Heat Wave on our most recent one, which has one of the most famous – Matches of all time in ECW history, and that was the uh, Jericho Douglas Pitbull Scorpio four way for the TV title, mm-hmm. which is a pretty pretty famous match. That was great, and uh, lots going on just in that time period. It's like everyone's just on fire. Shane Douglas on fire, Pitbull too. All the guys I mentioned, plus Raven and Sandman are in the middle there for you. Just tons going on. Nice, and you're also covering nine hundred two one zero, correct? Yes, chronologically with my friend Tim Capel and a rotating slew of guests. We're about halfway through season one right now, which is pretty exciting. When one of our more recent episodes, we covered the Slumber Party, which is a pretty infamous one, uh, and so we're matriculating our way. And I'll tell you, there's been a lot more gems in first season than I remember there, man. Really? Like, what was the best episode you've seen so far? Had to be the one with Jackie Taylor's debut. Okay. And uh, where she gets just like pumped up on coke and fucks up like this fashion show, and it's just a tour de force by her. Nice. And that's on Fridays, right? Uh, yeah, usually every two to three weeks. I try and keep that one a little loose. And every two weeks, too, you get, you know what that means, an AEW podcast. And that's Jordan Duncan and Andrew Reich. And I think they're doing a great job recapping, but not recapping. They do like I agree. Big, yeah, they kind of hit like the big, big news and moments while also blending in what's been going on. Exactly. Exactly. I think they do a great job. You can really tell that they're passionate about the new project. And I think that's really important because, like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people for a very long time have been burnt out by WWE. And it's great yeah. that, like, this product is exciting people to come back and and to participate in this kind of thing again. Oh, for sure. Right. I mean, these are two guys that really enjoy doing podcasts but have been so burnt by the current WWE product that just kind of faded off of it. And then when this came up, we're like, oh, shit, like, we would love to talk about this again, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So check it out. That's every two weeks on Fridays. And while you're there too, check out on Sunday, Second Print Comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Claire and Rimzo Martinez talking all kinds of comic stuff. Their latest episode was their comic book awards for 2021. It's a must listen. These guys are great. They cover a, a, a whole gamut of comic book, um, deluge, if you will. Uh, but they are doing a fantastic job. We're lucky to have them on the network on North South. So Mark Claire Remzo Martinez, Second Print Comics, every single Sunday. Mm-hmm. Don't miss a beat. Don't miss it, baby. Now entering the Royal Rumble.
Christ. Your favorite. This is the guy you think I, I hate more than you? Oh, I didn't think you hated me. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. My God, what a slip of the tongue that was. Mm. After all those slips of the tongue, that one comes out. A little too convenient. <laughs> little too, <laughs> as we're talking about IRS. Um, yeah, I, I hate him. Yeah. And, and, like, now that I think about it, like, it's no fucking surprise that Bray Wyatt was never that great in the ring. <laughs> Genetics just aren't there, baby. Well, and he's or got least... two longish appearances. One very long. Yeah. One kind I'm... of long that you had to sit through. I mean, they all feel long. Right. I think he has a way of just making everything feel way longer than it needs to be. It does drag on quite a bit. He's got that match at SummerSlam 91 that I always forget is there. Mm-hmm. And it feels like an eternity. He just has so many wrestles. Yeah. And I I was trying in the last year, and I'm going to get back into it, but I was basically watching WCW from the start, right? right? So I started Stark 83, and I was watching all the um, the pay-per-views and the clashes. Mm-hmm. And, like, he makes it really hard to watch, I feel. Yeah. There's just well, so, he, does he do, like, a lot of draws and stuff, too? Like, uh, it, It's just all long. He's so boring. Like, And I'm sure there's people that are really big fans of his. Like, I think I've heard that. But I just, for whatever reason, it just doesn't click with me. Well, he's, like, technically sound. I guess. He's not bad. You know what I mean? He just wrestles a boring style. I'd rather bad. Like, would you rather, would you rather watch Sabu, who's clearly a bad wrestler? I don't think he's bad, though. I think Sabu just had a style that isn't, like, a clean style. You know what I mean? I like, a bad wrestler would be more, like, tugboat, you know? Like, he's as bad. Well, Vince McMahon. <laughs> the, uh, Rotundo... There's probably just a guy that would be better suited, like, in the 70s. Yeah. Like, long, grinding matches. I mean, he rests like he's in the 70s as IRS. Right. Like, is, is he supposed to be dressed like Michael Douglas from Wall Street? Um. Yeah, he's kind of got the look, I guess. Like no, I think hair. he's just supposed to be a, I don't know, I guess. X-Man. Yeah. Anyway, well, he come, com- yeah, comes in at 18 in 92. He saunters to the ring. That, that's my exact note right here. Slowly saunters. Yeah. He, he did a slow saunter, which tells you how slow it was. Yeah, but I will say, huge heat. Is he the most detestable character of all time? Um, I mean, it's probably more, but he's probably up there. I mean, how could, you could never cheer for him, right? No, I mean, no one ever does. So. Pay your taxes. No one's going to cheer for that. He comes into a very interesting situation. He's got, like, four legends in the ring destroying each other uh, as he walks to, in. I love, too, that Bobby puts him over for taking his time. Yes. Well, it's smart. Smart strategy. Yeah. He, he goes right at Flair and he, to save Duggan for some reason, oh, which no. seems odd. Immediately, though, Duggan grabs him by the tongue. Well, everyone does. And Gorilla has to. been shitting on this tongue forever. Yes. Why is it hanging out? Someone use it. So then Duggan beats the crap out of him. Uh, then he almost shoves out Piper, but Duggan makes a save. He's trying to make a mark early. Keeps mixing it up. He's working with different people. I thought he put together like a decent approach here as he as he moved through the match. Takes By a beating time, from Snuka, though, and Duggan. Well, that's it. By the time we get to number 19, I'm tired of watching him. Right. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> but, yeah, he gets the shit but You come in with a lot of preconceived bias. That's the problem. I guess, but, like, 
Like, you knew you were going to hate him no matter what he did in this match. I feel I was fair with my scores, though. We'll get there, but okay. <laughs> considering but, it's, it's not all zeros, so. That's true. Well, I think you were just aware of how, you know, but you hate him. Yeah. But the murderer chops the shit out of him. He does. He does. And then he spends a lot of time with Piper, too. He's grinding and clawing, trying to shove each other out. He goes to Undertaker with some good energy, I thought, too. Well, they do this weird thing, too, with Piper, where he kind of, like, Piper kind of picks him up in, like, a reverse atomic drop position, but then tries to work him over, like, over his own shoulder. Yeah. It it makes zero sense. Well, uh, do you think he was just trying to soften him quick and then try and dump him? Maybe. I don't know. It was, it's just that the body position doesn't seem to make any sense. Right. And IRS, uh, yeah. IRS does hold Hacksaw for Taker. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, he I he, an opportunity not teaming them as death and taxes. You think at least once. They do feud, and they kind of call it that at one point, at least, in 95. Oh, yeah. Um, but I thought he had some good energy going at Taker. He goes uh, goes to Savage when he comes in, takes some cheap shots during the Savage Jake stuff. Uh, fun little bit with Piper and Duggan double up, and they rattle IRS as Savage and Jake is going on. You kind of see it in the background as the chaos is happening around them. Like, they don't just lay back. They actually are going at it. Yeah, he kicks – What he, you were saying he goes after Savage. He kicks him once in the back. Yeah, but then he, like, cheap shots him a couple of times. Like, as it's going, yeah, yeah. he keeps, like, trying to land these little shots in. Yeah. Uh, he gets his ankle twisted in the rope as Piper's unloading on him. Feels like a real vendetta with these two throughout the match. They spend yeah. a lot of time together. Virgil comes right at IRS when he comes in, which is a little callback to their issues. But then um, he and the Berserker destroy Virgil. Yes, yes, they do. Like he it, gives them some stiff stuff. Virgil's, like, the flurry lasts maybe 10 seconds before he's just, like, destroyed. And it's around this point, shortly after this, I was like, where is he? Like, I was trying to find him in the match, and he was just crouched over on the ground doing nothing. Gasping. Yeah, obviously. Well, he's got to be hot in that getup. Well, who would be? I'm always amazed that he wrestled in slacks. Yeah. It's going to be one of the most uncomfortable gears ever. And he had it forever. Like this is yeah. like a four-year run of this, right? Well, and even in yeah, well, because when he goes to the WWE, he at least takes him off when he gets in the ring. Yeah, he wears the singlet again. Yeah, like I, yeah, I don't know why they didn't let him do that here. They well, they did early on with the, the stupid brown tights, which looked awful with the shirt tucked into them um, on that MSG. Uh, so he knocks out. He almost knocked out Savage. He can't finish, but I thought he's aggressive here. He's going at Macho Man. Uh, he's almost gleeful when he gets to work with Taker against Piper. He helps uh, Flair against Martel and just walks away to go attack Virgil. IRS decides to get in the mix with Hogan and Taker. Then he bails out. Then he goes in again. He gangs up with Taker and Berserker. Like you said, kind of a good battle there. Back to Piper's is all reliable throughout the whole match. When he gets Uh, Hogan's ripped shirt and he starts choking Piper out with it. And then he wears the shirt for like the rest of the match like a scarf. Yes, it's worn around him. Uh, Maybe he was saving it for future use. Like he thought, I may be able to use this again. I thought maybe like Bray was like, "Hey, could I get a Hogan shirt?" No, no. I think he, he was he was stashing it for future weapon usage. You don't think he brought anything home for his kids? No, I mean he's you know he's a conservative man financially, fiscally. So I think he knew he had to save that. that money I can't take either. that shirt without declaring it on my taxes. <laughs> it's a gift. Uh, so yeah, he goes right at Piper. Uh, helps Flair. Hogan throws him across the ring. This is where he's got the shirt wrapped around him. He deals with Savage for a bit. He's avoiding eliminations. Goes back to Piper. 
Hogan's shirt still being dragged around with him, like yeah. Linus's blanket, <laughs> fucking carrying her on the ring. <laughs> Sid comes in and almost ends his night with a big attack. Punches uh, the shit out of his face. Oh, powers over the top of him, but he hangs on. Yeah. Helps Flair again against Hogan. I feel like he was everywhere. Like, whenever they cut to something new, he was there involved in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. I would whenever agree. things look bad, he'd slip away. Like, he was very slippery. Yeah, he, he did a good job kind of slipping in there. I will say that. Um, and, and he makes it to the end too, where everybody's in the ring. Anybody like, when you're like, one of these men is going to be the champion, he's there. I do right. say though, of the people left, he's probably the least credible challenger, right? Right. Yeah, uh, at the end, yeah, probably. But even then, like, he's not super incredible yet. I mean, don't forget, we're only like, you know, on TV-ish as him as a guy, you know, not that, like, far into it. So he's still been, like, established. Enough where he could be a threat. Is he going to win the world title? Probably not, but I don't think it's like a super far-fetched thing. Well, we also didn't think Slaughter was going to win the world title the year before, right? Right. Yeah, so I don't think it's like that crazy. No, no, no. I just think but it's it's a nice contrast that we talked about with Sags where like by the, end of, by the end of 93, it's like, okay, there's maybe two guys that can win, right? Like in this one, there's right. a lot of guys that can win. And when I say he's the least credible, I don't necessarily mean it as an insult. It's just like right. the star power is so off the charts at the end of this one. And I just, I, he did feel like a little shit stir. Like he, oh, he helped, let's go, you know, him and Flair work over Hogan, and then he'd slip out as things got ugly, and then come back when, you know, like he kept, I like that attitude that he had throughout the match. Uh, he knocks Piper over the top, but Piper grabs his tie and slowly pulls him out. I love the elimination. The it was great, and I thought it was a good payoff to the battle. Like, you know, they were going at it the whole time, and then the tie ends up costing them in the end <laughs> at the, mm-hmm. uh, the payoff. So I thought this is actually a pretty good showing. Like, I thought he was engaged. I thought he was in the mix a lot. He went at the big players. Uh, he did some big strikes. He was really aggressive. He had an ongoing battle with Piper. That was kind of comfort food to come back to the whole time. He'd dip in and out. And, yeah, he had no chance to win, but it felt like he maybe could sneak around long enough to at least be toward the end, um, which he is. So I actually didn't mind this. Like, it, it's long, but I think he's constantly at least doing stuff and has some strategy to play. Yeah, I didn't mind it, but I will say this. I feel you could take him out of the match and lose nothing. Um, yeah, I guess. Maybe not. It keeps him entertainment, though. I don't know. Like, what's the entertainment? I like his. I like his elimination. Like, it's just I find everything he did besides the tie stuff anybody else could have done. Right. And maybe, maybe. could have done better. Yeah, maybe, but they don't. He does. I'm not I'm not saying to like knock him down, but that was my takeaway from it was that like, okay, like it's not like IRS brought anything to this match. It's that like he was a body who did a few things. Right. But definitely not horrible. Um I was at a one for presentation. I gave him a two. I mean I, I thought he was presented well enough as a threat. He's a name guy. Like I said, he didn't have uh, a ton of baggage yet at this point either. Like he's fairly new ish. And he kept going at the big dogs. Like, he wasn't just, like, keeping with his guys, you know. He was going at it with Hogan, with Flair, with Taker, with Piper. So I thought he was presented at least, like, on that level. It's like a Piper or a Duggan, you know. I wonder what he thought of himself in terms of star power. Because he was at the first WrestleMania in a really high profile. Like, it feels like this is a guy that, like, kind of came up with the big guys but never became a big guy. Right. I wonder if there was a sense of entitlement at all with him. And I don't mean negative entitlement, just like, hey, I put my dues in. I should be able – there's no reason why I can't be in there with Hogan and, you know? Right. 
Um, as we were talking through it, I had him at a two for work rate, but I'm going to bump him to a three. I, I thought this performance was pretty good. I really like the elimination. I like all the tie stuff. And like, as much as I think it could have been anybody, he did work really hard. Yeah, I would agree with that. I gave him a three as well. I like the slipping in and out. I, I like the kind of playing like a shit stir. <clears throat> I like the, uh, the elimination was good. The tie stuff was good. Yeah, no, I think he had a lot of good stuff here. I like the common through line too with him just going constantly at Piper. Right. And yeah. then uh, effectiveness, I gave it a two. I mean, yeah, it is eliminated one, but like, I don't know, he's involved in the savage stuff. He's, I feel like he was constantly involved. Like everywhere you look, he was there. So I, he was like at least effective in being noticed and part of the match. Yeah, I think I gave him a one, but for the reasons I mentioned that I think you could take him out. I just think 27 minutes is a long time to be in there with like nothing super notable. Right. But still, not horrible. Uh, that lands him with a score of 12. Is he better than Jim Neidhart, 1988? Mm. Probably. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Neidhart, 88 is interesting because he does all the stuff with Brett. Right. And they kind of run the ring for a while. But I tend to think that's more Brett than him. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Wow, so IRS, man, shooting up this ranking. With this IRS 1992 run, we have now hit our 200th uh, Royal Rumble entry. Wow, what a run. What a crazy run. And uh, IRS 1992 comes in at number 98. Well, look at that, top 100. Top 100 for a few days, but yes, still top 100. Uh, but that's not all from Mr. Irwin R. Scheister. A year later, he's back in 93 at the same number, number 18. So that's never happened before, right? He's the only guy ever to have all his appearances at the same number. Yeah, probably. There's been guys that have had multiple of the same number, but they have others too. Yeah. He's probably the only guy with at least two that have his backpack number, I would think. Yeah. And he comes down uh, while Giant Gonzalez is destroying The Undertaker. Right, so he slowly saunters again, and he stays. I like this strategy as well, because he stays as far the fuck away as he can. Um, while this is going on, he slides in the ring on the other side and just kind of watches what's going on, uh, which is smart. Like, why get involved in this bullshit? Why, why go at Taker, or why, why try and be ballsy? Like, just freaking hide and eat the time and, and take a breather. That's it. It was. A, I have no problem with that strategy. And when they cut back from Undertaker and Giant Gonzalez, him and Demento are just kicking the shit out of Bob Backlund. Yeah, which I love too. It's like, he, he, like just yes, super super aggressive attack. It's like continuing the stomp fest from the year before. Yep, I'm just going right at him. Then in comes Tatanka. They're going at it. Now uh, are they? Yeah. Are Tatanka and him natural enemies because of casinos? Yeah, well, I mean, it'll go on to feud a year later. Do they? Yes, they do, eh? Yeah. And then they team. Uh, yes. <laughs> yep. So, natural rivals and friends. Can I say buried the hatchet? Probably not. Oh, well, you you know what I meant, everybody. Like they they made up. Well, with Giant Gonzalez out of the way, yes, he's going at it. I do like in the backdrop you see Taker raise up and leave as they're going at it. When Tatanka arrives, he chokes at Tatanka, then goes at Sags. Uh, they're playing off the tag feud issue, which we talked about a little bit earlier with Sags, which I thought was cool. Uh, IRS is definitely more sluggish this time. He lays around a lot more, hammers on Backland, gets tangled with Demento. He clocks Typhoon, who no-sells him. They grind for a minute. 
which kind of plays off their big feud in 92. Yeah, they don't do much. They lay there. And at this point, the crowd is dead. Like, because Undertaker, and I'm going to be honest, I'm going to blame IRS for that. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, why not, right? Okay. There's a moment right after this where he just stands on the second rope for a while. Well, he does go back to Sags, uh, but it's a lazy fight as well (laughs) when they're going at it. IRS tries to shut out Demento, but he can't do anything. Gets smashed by Typhoon. Goes at Fatu again, kind of all the tags playing into this. <clears throat> There's not much of value. He takes a shot from Earthquake, goes back to Backlund, back to Carlos Cologne. I do like that when Quake comes down, Bobby is like, oh, God, poor IRS. Right, yes, definitely playing up their feud, like yeah. all through 92. But I had also noticed that, that was the only time anyone had mentioned him in a while. Right. Does Carlos Colon go after him because he also hates taxes? No, he's too young to understand taxes. That's true. That's very true. Iris goes to the corner with Tatanka. It's more rinse, repeat. Tito as well. Then he goes at Earthquake, which has been an ongoing deal, of course, displaying this feud. He finally charges and Quake ducks and he flies out. Again, like I talked about Sags earlier, it felt like a suicide mission. It felt like a guy that was done being there. Yeah. <laughs> Just wanted to get eliminated. And it gives at least the disasters like one last laugh at, at the money because money kind of won the feud. So kind right. of at least one last win for them. Uh, but this was boring. It, it didn't really do much. They just shuffled around between guys. Uh, way less energetic, entertaining, I thought, than 92. It felt more gassed and checked out. I guess maybe it less to prove in a way. Like, he's already kind of a made guy. Um, whereas 92, I think he was working hard to try and get himself established. But, yeah, yeah, it, just, it just felt like a guy that didn't have a super interest in being in there. Look, the biggest pop of his life that I think I've ever heard him get was when he saved Bob Backlund <laughs> from Tito Santana. <laughs> yes. Um, and I love, too, when he gets eliminated, Gorilla says to Bobby, there goes your meal ticket. <laughs> yes. But, again, it, this was just nothing. Right? Like, and I found, when I when I got to the end of this one, I was like, you know what's funny, eh? Like, I find there's a lot of guys that we've talked about in this project where, like, they don't necessarily have great pay-per-view matches. Like Jake, like DiBiase, like Rick Martel, those kind of guys, right? But they're all great in the Rumble. I yes. find that this guy just—he's just the same as he is in his matches. Yeah, I would agree. Maybe ninety-two, not, nah, but ninety-two. Yeah, he's a bit better, but but yeah. it's not like he's exponentially better, right? Like I could never see him having like a Rick Martel uh, ninety-one run. Um, no, probably not. I mean, he doesn't have the character to do it. I think because it's the character work that carries you. I think anyway. Um, 16 minutes, I mean, less time than the year before. Um, I'm at a one for presentation, though. Even though he's a tag team champion, I didn't believe for one second he was going to win, and no one seemed excited he was there. I win three, um, mainly because, yes, tag team champion. He did feel like to me like one of the top heels of there for a while. This is like his kind of control with the tag division. I read a one for creativity. I thought he was just very meandering. Not horrible, but nothing exciting. I went with a one as well. Same reason. Very good. And I'm at a zero for effectiveness because he didn't get anything accomplished in 16 minutes. Same, same. Well, that lands him with a score of six. Is he better than Ronnie Garvin from 1989? No. Honky, 1989? No. Duggan, 09 or 12? Uh, No. Tugboat, 1991. No, because you at least get the Hogan stuff. 
Yeah. <coughs> Sioni, nineteen ninety five. Uh, probably better. Sioni's got like three eliminations in that. No, match. you're right. No, yeah, he does okay in that one. Yeah. Ron Bass, eighty nine. But worse. Yeah, because Ron Bass at least has that elimination at the hands of the Rockers, right? Right. <clears throat> yep. All right. So nineteen ninety three IRS lands as the 160th greatest Rumble appearance of all time. And later on this month, we're going to have the Royal Rumble happen in 2021. And right after that, you know who's going to have a breakdown for you? Marcus and Tim. Marcus and Tim, viewer's choice. They're going to tell you what to watch, what not to watch. Is it worth your time? Is it not? Uh, Those two, man, they go right into the, the late at night, right? After every single show. Yeah, it doesn't matter when. They're all yeah, like, doing it. Like the show, you get the you get the you get the review show. I don't know, like three hours after the pay per view gets off the air, they kill it. Uh, big shout out to those guys. They're just a pleasure to listen to, and we're so happy that they're on our team. Um, along with that, another guy I'm happy is on the team, Jake Williams, ruthlessly aggressive podcast. What a stalwart he has been. Yeah, just a general marching through the wars of the uh, ruthless aggressive era. Yeah, totally killing it. Uh, every each and every every other Tuesday on North South, he brings you a guest and they break down latest episode that I listened to. Uh, he brought out Rocco Martone, and you know how I feel about Rocco. Uh, just an awesome dude, and they broke down uh, December '02 Raw and SmackDown. Tremendous job from Jake. I think he's been our most consistent. They've been our most consistent show, right? Yeah, I think he's only missed one, and that was only due to a major hurricane. <laughs> so otherwise, yes, he's nailed everyone. <clears throat> and uh, no, he's crushed it. He's, yeah. uh, and he's about to almost start 2003, which is awesome. That's crazy. Uh, a lot of great new voices here on North South Connection Podcast Network, too. You got Ryan Gray giving his year end awards. Uh, that should, the last part should be dropped by the time that this airs. And that's been a lot of fun because he brought in two friends and they were talking. One of them represents WWE, one of them represents uh, AEW, and the other one represents Indies. Mm-hmm. And they give you the best and the worst of each year. Uh, it's been a great time. And Ryan and Johnny C do WCW Must Die. That you know, airs. Won't also, ever die. It, Sadly, sadly, it will never die, right? I'd say, I, w- I wish it wouldn't have died. But that's going on in the North-South Connection podcast, too. Uh, killing it each and every time. New stuff every single day. So check it out, please. Now entering the Royal Rumble. Huss. What do you think Huss meant? Uh, and then I think Bruiser Brody kind of said this, so I'm going to say it too because I look like him. You think this is a Bruiser Brody tribute? <laughs> oh, uh, definitely. John Nord, 100% was. Interesting. I never even, I mean, it seems like common sense, but... And never put it together. Also, is it that he's holding the hand like Bruce Brody did too then, right? Yeah. Yep. And the tongue lag and the hair. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Just a shaggy Viking coming down to the ring. And he comes in at number uh, 22 here in 1992 
right after The Undertaker. Uh, does this foreshadow the attempted murder later in the year? Yeah, I think he knows. Like, this is like a warning shot. Like, back off my territory or else. Or else I'll impale you with a sword and the sword will stay in the ring. And my dad will see that over my shoulder and leave the room muttering in disgust <laughs> at what he just watched. Uh, I do like that Bobby immediately notes the threat of all Berserker anytime he's in any kind of Rumble or Battle Royal, that his finisher is throwing guys over the top rope. Yes. So he's his speciality. He's, yes, he's made for these. Made for these matches. Yeah. What's his speciality? Picking him up and throw him over the top. It sure is. He tries to choke Doug in the death of the corner. Uh, then he powers away at Savage, hits a big tree slam. Is that what they a tree yeah. slam on Savage? You know, I never knew what to call it, but I think, was it when Kali was doing it, they started calling it that? Or maybe it was like one of the recappers I read <laughs> used to call it that? I don't know. I think that's the actual name. I think so. Because it looks like he just wanted to hold him up in that double choke, but then just dropped him. Yeah. I didn't feel like writing all that. <laughs> you see, you put a little, you get a little shorthand for yourself, and then you can explain. Yeah, that's all. Um, with IRS, though, he does lift Duggan into a position where they could probably insert themselves inside of him. Uh, yes, he does. And then, he, uh, and then he and IRS destroy Virgil. They do. Yeah. And then he almost throws out Piper, deadlifts him off the and back. He carries him across the ring, but yeah. Piper, like, Piper is, like, squirming the whole time. And that had to have been very difficult for the Berserker. Right. Very. Virgil, at this point, eats a fucking huge big boot. But you Just barely see it because the camera isn't focused on him at all. And then Virgil tries some rabbit punches that Berserker just, like, ignores, which is great. Um, then he goes over back to t- Taker. Uh, they pair up and they work over Savage. But then uh, he Berserker- saves Taker from Savage. Yeah, it's an odd strategy. But he's a Viking. He doesn't understand what he's doing. Well, do the Vikings and the undead have some sort of a bond? Through the annals of time. Tale as old as time. Uh... Yeah, so we get that a bunch. Berserker chokes away Savage. He screams at him like a maniac. He's really feeling himself by this point. What he calls him Randy. Did you catch that? No, he does. He goes like, how do you like that, Randy? <laughs> like, And it took me – I had to keep rewinding because I'm like, who said that? Like, that doesn't sound like a voice that I recognize. That's and pretty it, funny. Like, it's it's off camera, but then when the camera does pan out, he's, he's screaming huss at him. So I think it was like, how do you like that, Randy? Huss, huss, huss. And at this point of the match, all I can hear is husses. Right, he's just he's screaming them over everyone. Like I said, he's definitely feeling himself. He's like, all right, I'm on fire here. But he, he also really has a problem with Virgil because he keeps <laughs> going back to him. I think he just looks at him like a, like dead meat, you know? He can just feast on. Why doesn't he just pick him up and throw him out? Uh, he likes to torture him. I guess. He and Martel, too, are the only foreigners in the ring when Hacksaw tries to start a USA chant. Yes, yes. Us. He uh, gets it with threesome with Piper and Duggan, throwing wild blows, beats on Piper when Hogan comes in. Then he goes and helps Taker and IRS beat on Hogan in the corner, which is a cool gang attack. But a moment later at all, and Sickest Hogan wipes him out with a backdrop to a huge pop. And, of course, he always takes great bumps out of the ring. Yeah. So I, 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 yeah. I feel like that pop, too, is more pro-Hogan than anti-Berserker. Oh, for sure. Oh, for yeah. sure. It was just like, here's Hogan cleaning house. Yeah. Uh, but this is a good showing. He had, like, a lot of energy. He's always on the attack. He never backed down. He's in the mix. I love the gang up on Hogan. Kind of a yeah. cool way to go out. Uh, it was a steady heel. He brought a lot up to the fight. Like, I'm a Berserker fan in general. Like, I, I've i enjoyed him watching PTB. Like, I just think he's got a fun style. He's got a lot of energy. I like his bumping. 
Like, I just think he brings a lot to the table, and it kind of sucks that he didn't end up ever doing getting more of a push um, than he does. I think he's someone that really was fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. I I like him too. Like he's one of those guys I wanted more from. And like that little Hogan sequence where he eliminates Undertaker and him is maybe the second or third biggest pop in the match. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, you know, it's not. I don't. I don't want. I say it's more pro Hogan than anti Berserker, but Berserker's still enough of a threat that it means something. Right. Uh, but I, I dug, I dug this too. Uh, nine minutes in there. Nine good minutes, it felt like. Yeah, nine strong minutes. Yep, that was a really good outing. Uh, so I went with a two on presentation. I thought he was presented strong. He's in there with the big boys. He was hustling all over the place. A lot to get into. Screamed at Randy. Yeah, I, I'm at a two also. And I'm at a two for work rate. I thought he worked hard. He just wasn't in there long enough to make enough of an impact. But I thought that he maximized his time in there. Yep, same. I'm at a one for effectiveness. I just, you know, as much as he's in the nine minutes, he didn't really eliminate anybody. Um, again, I thought he was good, but you know, maybe similar to IRS in a way that it probably could have been anybody else, and it probably wouldn't have mattered that much. But I did like his energy that he brought. Yeah, I gave it two. I just, I thought it was effective and entertaining me. That's fair. That gives him a score of eleven. Mm-hmm. Is he better than Akeem from 1989? Oh God, no, probably not. The Big Boss Man from 1999. Um, probably not, only because Boss Man's so integral to that angle. Not better than Danny Davis, 1988. Yeah, he is. No. No, no, no. Oh, you know what's funny about that? Is I think we scored them the opposite. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, like I scored Davis at six and you scored uh, Berserker at six. Yeah, Berserker's in the better rumble, so he gets the nod. Fine. And Hogan eliminates him, so that's a bigger guy eliminating him. Jim, the winner, the winner of 1988 eliminated Danny Davis. Mm. That's fine. But I, I, look, the only thing I will say in defense of Davis is, um, it, it, Davis, it had to be Davis. Like, like I like I kind of said about Berserker that like, um, you know it could have been anybody in his role. Like Davis, right. it, it had to be him. But whatever, that's fine. He's in there shorter. All right, we get one more Berserker though. Sadly, only one more. <clears throat> it's funny how the three guys we covered tonight were only in '92 and '93 and nothing else ever. I know, eh? What a weird little combination. Yeah, and they come in pretty much, I guess, close to each other, right? Uh, Berserker comes in at 14 and '93. Yeah, so a little before Earth. Yeah, he's hussing uh, in the way to the ring again, and Bobby for the second year row is declaring that it's his kind of match. But history doesn't seem to bear that out so far. Uh, no, but you know, whatever. He's got the play. He's just gonna execute. <laughs> and there's some legit stars in there when he comes in. It's a pretty filled ring, and he moves around. He goes to whoever he can. He gets ganged up on by Coco and Backlund. Shrugs them off. Uh, he swats Backlund again. He hammers on Coco, really controlling the ring quite a bit as all the perfect and Lawler stuff is going on. He eliminates Virgil with a great big boot, while, but it happens while Perfect's being pushed out. Right. It's too bad. It almost happens in the background. And Bobby's like, he don't care. He's just having a good time. So he's having fun. He's a fun guy having fun. Did you feel that the tunic made it seem like he wasn't wearing any pants? Well, that makes it even more fun. Have you ever worn a kilt or a tunic with nothing under it? I have not. 
I've worn a kilt with nothing under it, and um, it's amazing. Hmm. Like it's so freeing, and uh, there's just so much air. Just go naked. I guess, but you know, then there's the police to deal with. So he knocks Backlund outside and follows him out. And it's actually a pretty big part of the match because he smashes him in the chair and slams him on the concrete. At uh, least it's not a sword. No, you're right. But he's acting like a real wild card, a real uh, Charlie out there. <laughs> you don't know what he's going to do, which I thought was good character stuff. He's just out of control. But it, it, it also plays a big role because it takes Backlund out of the ring when the Undertaker stuff goes on, which was key because he had to stay in the match. Yeah. So it's a big role there. He goes back in. He's back to Coco, who's been his main rival. He attacks Taker from behind. He's cleaning house. And then his night just ends abruptly as Taker dumps him to the floor in a real nasty bump. Just as Gonzalez is stomping to the ring, uh, he gets flung out. Yeah, I, I like that he gets to be the guy that takes care of Backland. Mm. Uh, I, I like his energy, too, because he, this could be a total phone-in, but right. he doesn't phone it in. That's what I always like about him. He always works hard, this guy. Like, yeah. no matter where he's at. What he's doing, even WCW later, where he's not getting much of a push. Like, he always worked hard in the ring in his matches. There is one strange sequence where he gets Undertaker in the corner and then seems to ram his head into his crotch. Well, and it looks like a really violent blowjob. He's a animalistic Viking. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I, look, I was left feeling like this isn't bad at all. No, same. I mean, it's a tough spot, too, given who was in the ring when he came in. And he was always only going to be on borrowed time. He was going to play the big role with Backlund, um, you know, be a big part of the match and protect him during the Gonzalez stuff. He had good energy, as always. He just didn't have a lot of time to get to tell a story just because of where he came out. But uh, he takes a nice bump to get eliminated. So I went two with presentation. Felt about on par as last year. Yeah, I'm the same. Five minutes, 21 seconds. He gets to eliminate someone, though, so which is cool. So I, I'm at a two there, too, as well. Yeah, I had a one for creativity. I'm going to bump it because I just I, – I mean, it's no two? worse than last year. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Um, good, good, good. So we're going to end up mirroring because I went with a two for effectiveness. I want to get yeah. the bump because it's a big part of the match with the backland stuff. Like that's super effective that he lets backland uh, or takes backland out of the match and that plays a big role in backland's longevity. So, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to keep it at one because I think, you know, I, I do like that aspect of it. Uh, and I do think he's energetic, but it ultimately like. Ah, you know what? I'll bump it to a two. Good boy. What'd you say? Good boy. Boy! Man, the Berserker would not be happy with that. All right, that gives him a score of 12. Is he better than IRS 1992? Yes. There you go. IRS, not quite pushed out of the top 100. I don't know. Actually, what do you think? I'm thinking about it again now. Uh, I think so. Yeah, okay. I think he gets uh, I think he gets as much done in less time. Yeah, that's fair. All right, so that lands him at 98. 98th greatest Royal Rumble um Royal Rumble appearance of all time. Uh so yeah, so good an interesting crop of guys tonight, but none of them qualify to be in our greatest uh Royal Rumbler of all time category. Sad. Sadly. Before we go through our list though, Tell me about wrestling against replacement. Uh, it's a cool concept, I think. Me and my friend Marcus Fuller are watching every WF pay-per-view season, which we constitute as the first show after Mania until the next year's Mania. And then we rank each pay-per-view based on a plus-minus system. 
So we have like eight categories. Each show gets pluses, gets minuses for those categories, and then whatever that score nets out is how we rank them uh, on a you know final basis. And then we also at the end of every season do some awards for the best performers and best shows. Uh, so far, we have done the ninety four ninety five season, and we're about to be wrapping up the eleven twelve season, and uh, we'll be on to our third season very soon. That's every other Friday. Nice. Uh, Marcus is killing it. You're killing it. Uh, we're still killing it on No Holds Barred every other Saturday on North South. Yeah, we're doing some cool project stuff. Uh, we do, uh, you know, list-based stuff. We're right now going through every world title change in the company history, WF history, and ranking them based on a series of categories to determine what's the best title change of all time. That's once a month on Saturdays. And every uh, two weeks from that, once a month on Saturdays, you and I are rebuilding our greatest duty wrestler ever list for the revisit at Police Nation from five years ago. We did the original list. Now we're revisiting it as a stretch project. Absolutely. All great stuff going on North South. Subscribe to the network. Leave us a review and let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, and we'll do our best to accommodate everyone as long as sure you're not will. completely insane. All right. So let's go. Th- you want to go through our top 10 Rumble performances? Uh, Yeah, let's do that. Go for it. All right. Number 10 is The Undertaker in 2007. Number 9, Brett the Hitman Hart, 1994. Number 8, The Ultimate Warrior, 1990. Number 7, Hulk Hogan, 1990. Number 6, Shawn Michaels, 1996. Number 5, The Undertaker, 2002. Number 4, Shawn Michaels, 2007. Number 3, Hulk Hogan, 1989. Number 2, Shawn Michaels, 2010. And holding strong at number 1, Ric Flair, 1992. Yeah, not bad. I think the only surprising one still is Michael's 96. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Maybe Hogan 89 also, but... That's a great one, though. Yeah. And really, uh, after Ric Flair, the next uh, one, two, three, four, five are tied. So, there we are. And then uh, we have an aggregate of our top ten Royal Rumble performers of all time. Like we said, uh, none of these guys made the list tonight. Mm-hmm. But number 10, Jake the Snake Roberts. And number 9, Mr. Perfect. Number 8, The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Number 7, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Number 6, The Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Number 5, Macho Man, Randy Savage. Number 4, Brett the Hitman Hart. Number 3, The Undertaker. Number 2, Shawn Michaels. And number 1, The Immortal Hulk Hogan. Mortality reigning strong. So, in two weeks, we'll be back with another batch, and I guess it's going to kind of be similar to this uh, grouping here that we've talked about. But we're not getting better people next time? Mm. Keep on rumbling. 